1: Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, I hope everybody is doing well and everybody's staying safe and healthy in this really weird time right now. Um, And I wanted to say we did have, again, some more issues with background static noise. Um, We are trying to find the best audio recording equipment that we can. We've tried a couple of things. And I think with everybody being remote, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So I do apologize for that. Um, And I also just want to stress, if you have not seen season six of Schitt's Creek, or if you haven't even started Schitt's Creek, um, I would, when you plan on it, I would wait until you finished it to listen to the episode since we spoil throughout. So anyway, but I think it's a great one and I hope everyone is doing well. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of it's a fandom thing. This week, we're going to be talking about the comedy show Schitt's Creek, we are going to be spoiling it. They did have their series finale last Tuesday, so be warned that there will be spoilers galore in this episode, so if you've not finished watching the series, please stop this now and then return later. But as always, before we get into all things Shit's Creek, we're going to go around and have everybody introduce themselves and tell me one thing in fandom or pop culture that they're excited about right now. I'm going to start with you, Carla.
0: Hi, I'm Carla Temis-Rose, and I am very excited about David and Patrick. I'm also excited about Patrick and David, and that is the only thing that matters to me this week and possibly any week for many weeks to come.
1: Okay, awesome. And Judy?
2: Hi, my name is Judy Allison, and I am getting ready to start a rewatch of Lucifer right now in preparation for uh, the next season coming out, which I'm super excited for.
1: Cool. Awesome. And then if people haven't watched it, we did have a um, Lucifer episode that aired not too long ago. So, and I I think it's a really good one. So it is one of our more popular ones. So yeah, I'm excited about that too. And did they set a release date for it? Uh, The last I saw was like June 9th or something, like early June. Oh, okay.
2: Okay. Okay. But who? everything is kind of scrambled right now. So dates are moving and whatnot. So who knows? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Okay. And Meg?
3: Uh, Yeah, so I'm Meg, and I finally got around to watching Tiger King, and it was not nearly as much about tigers (laughs) as I would have liked, but it is such such a hot mess, and all of the fallout that's been happening because of it, between Joe Exotic and that bitch Carol Baskin. (laughs) She did it. She certainly did it. Who fed her husband to tigers. Has been like, it's been the dumpster fire distraction I've needed. And yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing. That and day drinking, which I was talking about earlier. <laughs>
1: awesome. Okay. And this is Erin. And what I'm into right now is I finally watched Birds of Prey, um, which I wish I had seen it in the theater because... I would have loved to have been able to hear the music really loud and the fight sequences louder. Um, But overall, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, When the trailers came out, I was kind of annoyed by Margot Robbie. (laughs) I thought she was kind of annoying. But she didn't annoy me at all as um, Harley Quinn um, in the movie. And it was also interesting to see Chris Messina playing a truly evil, disgusting character. It's the first time I haven't found him attractive. And I have been recently rewatching the Mindy project in preparation for our Mindy project episode next week. And, uh, yeah, so it's very different to see him as Danny Castellano compared to his character in, uh, birds of prey. So that's what I'm into. Okay, great. So let's get started with our Schitt's Creek talk. So we're going to start just talking about the Rose family in general. I'm going to start with you, Carla, what are your thoughts on the Rose family and who's your favorite Rose family member?
0: Uh, my favorite character is probably David Rose, and that's just because I relate to him in so many ways that make me so incredibly sad. But he's just a wonderful character, played beautifully by Dan Levy. Um, I also, I, I basically love all of them, uh, and I will tell you why. Alexis Rose I think has had like the most growth in the entire series, and she has given us the wonderful gift that is Alexis' hands. I use whether I want to or not. I just find myself doing it. And my husband's like, stop doing it for the love of God, please. And I'm like, like, I totally would. But I just have to tell you that I don't think I can stop. Um, Myra has grown the least. But she's so, I, she's still so compelling. And it's completely Catherine O'Hara just being magnificent that she always is. And last but not least, Johnny Rose. I have such a soft spot for him because Eugene Levy, I had a crush on from like the splash days. And he's just so cute. I don't know what to tell you. Like, hes he, I have a type. <laughs> 100%. 100%. There, There's no denying that I have a type. And also because Johnny has just developed from, you know, kind of a an okay dad to, like, a dad to everyone. And the way that he has kind of taken Stevie under his wing and made him his third child, like every time I watch someone scream together, I'm like,
3: oh my God, they're
0: so cute. But yeah, I, I love the Rose family.
1: Awesome. And Judy, what are your thoughts on the Rose family and who's your favorite? Oh, uh, well,
2: as far as favorite at first, uh, David was of course my favorite. He's just such a character and you just so much charisma. You can't stop watching him. You can't take your eyes off him when he's on screen, but the Rose family as a whole, I just So when I first started watching it, I really didn't expect them to have as much heart and love for each other as they did. Um, You know, when it starts, they're this extremely rich family. And I don't know, I just didn't expect this deep love um, between Johnny and Moira, for sure. And David and Alexis, too. Um, And I just have loved watching that develop. And the other thing is one of my favorite things about this family and this program as a whole was watching this family learn to embrace the joy in little things, the simplicity and like these little everyday wins and really figuring out the most important things in this world are the relationships that they have with each other and that they've built um, with other people. It's it's just a beautiful thing to watch, Um, and if we want to talk about favorites, I also just I have to talk about Alexis. Oh, my gosh. First of all, her face journeys. <laughs> just, oh, my gosh. She's amazing, right? Um, and the way that she fights so hard against this internal selfishness. And she tries so hard not to hurt people with it. What a cool, like, contradiction and fight that she has to constantly have with herself. I just love it. Um, And so good. Good for her, for her like goodness winning out most of the time. But boy, does she have to fight for it? <laughs> and, uh, you know, she started for me as a caricature and she developed into this um, character that you just love with all your heart. And her backstory, oh, my gosh, what on earth happened to this young girl? And what a disaster Um, that must have been done to both her psyche and David. Um, and you know, we get that little glimpse of it in one of the I don't know what season it was, but some episode where, you know, David talks about how terrified he was, um, when she was, you know, captured by pirates or whatever on earth it was. <laughs> and just, you know, you have to realize that backstory that these misadventures must have created so much trauma that they both have gone t- through. And I guess that's why they cling so hard to finding some love and security in this in this little town of Shits Creek. And uh, wow, what a great journey we've gotten to see on that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And Meg?
3: Um, so while you guys were, were talking about yours, I was trying to narrow down a favorite of the Rose family because the fact is I absolutely just love them all um and i love each of them for many many different reasons david i would say is kind of like the the knee-jerk reaction to say he's my favorite just because i think we spend so much time with him um and so familiarity breeds love in my in my point of view but one of the things that i love about this whole family regardless of picking a favorite and it's something that I read from the writer's room and, and Dan and Eugene decided when they were going to create this show was that they're all good people. They're ridiculous. Um <laughs> And they are and they are in very varying ways, very selfish and extravagant and kind of superficial, especially when you meet them in the beginning. But they're all good people like they didn't lose all of their money because they were assholes for for anything. They lost their money because they were too trusting of someone that they should have been able to trust. Um, And that's one of the things that kind of really drew me to the show and kind of kept me watching even in some of the more ridiculous caricatures that we see. Um, and it really grounds the whole series. So I it grounds it just enough for Moira to lift it um, <laughs> into the universe of I don't even know where because she is amazing. And one of my favorite things about Moira, I had to talk to her, is her wigs. And the fact that when they had 15 minutes to gather anything they wanted, she managed <laughs> to collect like 47 wigs. And it was it was beautiful, and it was amazing, and it one hundred percent like. I think her wigs are her character, basically. Where they're a whole other character, but they just encapsulate who she is so much, and kind of her facade and her changing, and because there is a little vulnerable core in there beneath all of the melodrama. Um. But yeah, and and Johnny, I feel like I think Johnny may have grown the least of the four of them, and that, and I say that only because. Of the four of them in the beginning, I feel like Johnny really was the most grounded and solid to begin with. Like we see in the Christmas episode with flashbacks and him wanting to spend time with his kids on Christmas and, and, and that sort of stuff. And I feel like that's kind of always been who he's been. He's always been a very family-oriented man, but they just had so many distractions in their life that... We never. He never really got to show that as much. So I mean, I can't pick a favorite Rose uh, family member because there's just so much. And Alexis, I mean, Judy said Judy said all I could say about Alexis that <laughs> that growth and her story arc and her story with Ted and how and all of that is just so well done and so beautiful. And Annie Murphy was just amazing and how she made me love and care about basically a kardashian more than i have ever cared about any actual kardashian in my life um really kind of speaks to her and i'm so excited to see um what she's doing next i know she has a new show already that she's a lead on so
1: and then um for me um you know it's it's hard to pick a favorite like everybody said it would probably be between david and alexis um and especially just watching them grow from becoming these, they, they were really just children. Like they acted like little spoiled children um, and watching them become more independent um, and more free spirited and feeling like they didn't need to rely on anybody else's money or anybody else's fame or anybody else, really, that they could rely on themselves. And and I think that was especially true in the last season. You really, really saw that when, uh, you know, David chooses to stay in Schitt's Creek. That's a pretty, you know, that's a pretty big thing for him, especially because I think – you know, like every like every family member, with the exception of Johnny, I didn't see it as much with Johnny. I think they all really wanted to get out of shitt's Creek and wanted to get back to their life. Um, and they thought they were better than that town. And I think David realized that town really helped him and was the first thing that really loved him completely and for who he was. That those town members loved him for who he was, and not for what he could get them which was shown especially with his friends in New York not coming to his wedding. So that, that kind of thing. So I loved seeing that. I loved seeing with Alexis how she was even towards the end was still sort of leaning on her brother, like going to be staying with her brother in a place in New York. Um, her family was going to be there. And then when that ended up not happening, seeing her actually decide to still go to New York. And to have her own adventure. And when she turned that money down from Twyla, I think that right there showed you so much about her growth because she wanted to make it on her own. She didn't want to have to rely on anybody else. So I really, really appreciated that and thought that was great and wonderful. And I love both of them. Um, And we're going to get into Catherine O'Hara just (laughs) separately because she's so brilliant. Um, But of course she's great to watch um, and to watch her kind of get over <laughs> herself in a way <laughs> has been really interesting. And then, and then Johnny's kind of like the dad to everybody watching him and Stevie. When we get into talking about Stevie, that's when I really mm-hmm. talk about it, but their relationship, I think has been amazing to watch. And then I'll just quickly say, I've been doing polls all week about Schutz Creek, different aspects. And as far the first question I asked was who your favorite Rose family member was. And, and hands down, it seemed on both Facebook and Twitter, which matched on pretty much all of these, um, David was hands down the winner of everybody. So there were a couple of votes for the others, but it was mainly David. And then I think Alexis came in about seconds. So which matches with what we're all saying.
3: Well, and just to hop on what you're talking about with Alexis, I think one of the most, uh, not adorable, but one of the most interesting things about Alexis was... Um, In the finale, when she was talking to her mom and she goes like, we used to go like years without seeing each other. And to have her go from like from not only going years without seeing her family, but being totally fine with it and having it not phase her even a little bit to starting to get really nervous and insecure. Like she finally actually left the nest, something that a lot of us do when we're much, much younger than she was. But to have that nervous and scared feeling and actually want your family around, I think, is a really interesting thing to go from when she literally made a phone call to her boyfriend to lift her out of Shit's Creek within an hour of being there to being like still spreading her wings and going to do her thing, but still wanting and needing a safety net of her family, not her family's money or the wealth or anything like that, but wanting to have that connection. Um, I think that showed such a amazing growth for her as a character, and of course, David was going to stay in Shits Creek. He's the only one that even made any sense because they have to have someone stay. Someone has to stay in that town.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and that yeah. hug between Alexis and her mom at the end. Oh, oh my, my gosh! gosh. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> oh
1: my heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a feeling some of that was also the actors. Make a bed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. the talent often bleeds th- to the characters
1: yep yeah that was oh yeah well let's get into the mom the beautiful wonderful Moira Rose Catherine O'Hara who I think just deserves to be talked about separately because I mean everybody's great the whole cast is wonderful but there's just something about Catherine O'Hara that she's just absolutely brilliant um, so Carla what are your thoughts on Catherine O'Hara and her performance
0: I've I've always loved her. I mean, I think probably the first thing I saw her in was either Beetlejuice or Home Alone. And I was enthralled with her even back then because she just, first of all, she just has such gravitas. When you see her on screen, you're just drawn to her. But also the fact that, you know, the way that she throws herself into a performance, into a role, and she just really becomes that person with so little vanity, it really it's it just tickles me and it delights me because you know so many actors I feel kind of uh will shy away from going too hard into any particular thing but you know whether it's in those movies or in like the David Guest movies or anything that I've seen her in she has no qualms about just going 100 percent and you know you see that with uh with as Dr. Clara Mandrake when she's doing the, the cacaoing and she's, you know, proper and um, regal Moira Rose and she goes, caw, like, <laughs> just like there's no tomorrow. And it's like the most natural sound coming out of her. I absolutely adore that. And, you know, a, a lot of the cast members have talked about when they've had to play drunk and how they've gone to Catherine and, and asked her for her advice and her advice is always to just you know don't be afraid to look stupid and i think that that's such wonderful acting advice in general but i, I think it probably means even more coming from her because she just doesn't seem like the person who would do something like, like like that i mean you just see her and you don't you know i i don't know she just looks so put together but then you see her she's walking around and she's uh drunkenly trying to give a shout out to her Linger, <laughs> because it really is like one of the most perfect depictions of what catherine o'hara can do um in a character it's just really be out there throw herself completely into something so ridiculous so absolutely embarrassing potentially and does not care And makes the most of it. She just squeezes every last bit out of it. And also, you know, uh, when they they talk about how when they were luring her to be on the show and she said, no, I don't really want to be on it. And finally it's like, okay, but only if blah, 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 where she she wanted to have all of these wigs and she wanted Moira to have this ridiculous accent that makes no sense. And it just works. It absolutely works. Can you imagine another Moira Rose Without the accent, without the wigs, just some rich lady who is just kind of annoying and evil. It's because she's so out there. Without that, she's just an absolutely boring caricature of a rich lady. And she made her eccentric and she made us care about her because it's like, what is she going to say now? And how is she going to phrase that? And what wig is she going to wear?
3: No, so her vocabulary, bumbling.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's she's incredible. and the fact that she was so over the top, but so loved anyway, it really just adds to the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Judy, do you have anything else you want to add on top of that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> of
2: course, Catherine <laughs> <laughs> O'Hara. Yeah, yo, when you you. I first said the brilliance that is her. And brilliant is like the perfect word to describe this the way that she brought this character to life because um it could have been such a caricature. And it, it was so you know, she saw the character and she did the research to find inspiration and she made Moira so over the top, but she found that perfect balance where she wasn't out of reach for the audience. Um And what a, you know, what a delicate balance that could have been. Like you said, that, that she could have been just this annoying, uh, sorry for any fans of the Kardashians, but she could have been a Kardashian, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And it, she, she found that sweet spot where she was over the top, but also vulnerable and, um, lovable and, uh you know, you can see beneath the, the outfits and the wigs and the accent that is fake, by the way. I mean, you know, we, we hear that she grew up in some little town. So that is all a part of her, the this mask that she wears. Um, because you can see that underneath there's this insecure woman who needs adulation and she needs love as much as anybody else. And, uh, yeah, I just think she just gives that character so much complexity and vulnerability and likability. I love it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, and it's it's kind of interesting that, that you talk about um, this all of her affectations. We talked about and have talked about that, and I do have to say, Catherine O'Hara is probably one of the greatest character actors um, of our time, and it's especially impressive because I can't think of a lot of female character actors I can like name off several male character actors that we see a lot of and don't always necessarily know their name and not because they're not well-known or beloved, but because they're just such a, they're so good at their job. They do such a wonderful job encapsulating their characters that you can kind of forget that it's them. Yeah. They just disappear into the character. Exactly. Like, you know, with watching, like we see Matt Damon, it's like, okay, here's Matt Damon playing this character. And that's not an insult to Matt Damon per se. It's just. it it's it's a different kind of actor I guess um I got a little lost there for a second um (laughs) I got off in the woods there for a minute I I was trying to think of a word and it vanished from my brain fun story this is my first mark well now it's my second I'm I go by the theory that if the glass doesn't get empty it's still one one Um, (laughs) um but no uh, what i'm trying to say is that she's just does such a great job she's so involved by her character that um it's easy to kind of forget oh this is katherine o'hara doing this and i think it's the same when we watch her in beetlejuice or best in show or home alone or any of those i think home alone she played the most straight character probably that she's ever played um But one of the things, and we've talked a bit bit about it, like how she could, she could, Moira could be so unbearable. She could be so unlikable and insufferable, but the way Catherine played her made her strangely relatable. Like... And she did. She said a lot of things out loud that I think people would generally kind of just keep in their own heads, but she would say them in such a way that would kind of circumnavigate any negative feelings or anything that people would have. Mostly she leaves people bewildered (laughs) when she talks to them. Um, but I think one of the most endearing things, and I know Judy said that it was kind of like this facade she put up, but I don't feel like it necessarily is a facade. The accent might be some weird exaggeration of, of what it is, but it's not like she leaves her motel room or her house and acts that way, and then when she comes home, she's a whole other person.
2: True. true. that she is has truly become that, that, yeah, Moira. that Yeah.
3: That is who she is, and you can tell she worked on the soap opera for many
2: <laughs> hey, I love the, those crazy soap operas. I <laughs> to the, <Yeah>. the
3: drama <laughs> of Moira, but she really is just a fantastical character. And Catherine O'Hara is amazing. I loved watching her. I feel like when she did most of her growth and when she really kind of began to be, feel a part of the town, because she always kept herself pretty separate from everything, was during the musical when they were doing Cabaret. Yeah. And she really found a place to belong because of all the characters. I think Moira did not belong the most. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. But she, yeah. she found a little home with Cabaret. And I thought it was such a beautiful way to see her really find a sense of community within this town. Um. And now that David is staying there, it's she'll actually be back and, it they finally have a home base, I feel like, that they never had before going to Schitt's Creek.
1: Yeah, yeah, and going off of that with um the cabaret it was her pushing Stevie to a different place. Yes. You know, because because Moira can come off as very self absorbed and very selfish, but I think what she did with Stevie and seeing um you know, that potential within Stevie was such a beautiful thing to watch because it was this very selfless thing that she did. Um, you know, even though she briefly was going to take over the world when Stevie (laughs) was late, she was still selfless (laughs) in the fact that she was like, she recognized that Stevie had all this potential. Um, and when we get into Stevie, I'll go into this more with the, the scene when Stevie sings her solo number, but, uh, you know, it's just, it was just so beautiful to watch that. And then to watch her when she uh, married her son to Patrick was just, and her kind of just all of a sudden breaking down, like it became that real for her son. Well, yeah, the <laughs> outfit alone, but just the emotion <laughs> there and the vulnerability and, you know, all the wigs are just incredible. I mean, just, just amazing. Like she even, like, I think when I was watching the documentary special after the series finale. And I believe that was on there where they were talking about how each different wig would fit a different mood that she was in for that episode, Mm -hmm. a different state of mind she was in. And um, you could tell it helped Catherine's performance and she's just so brilliant. She's always there and she's always giving, even though her character can be very selfish. She's not a selfish actress. She's very much uh, playing off of everybody and playing to everybody's strengths. And I think her brilliance is is that she helps lift everybody else up and helps l- lift their performances up. And watching her and Eugene Levy, I mean, they're just so brilliant together all the time in all the Christopher Guest movies, in everything they've ever done together. They just I love them read together. Their, yeah, they read each other's minds.
3: Well, and it's beautiful because they are a family. Like they they've known each other for so long. Like their families and, and spouses have all known each other for so long, and it's so clear in everything that they do together that it's not just well we have good on screen chemistry, but blah blah blah. The they respect have a and love, genuine yeah. warmth, um, and high regard for each other. And you can see that kind of permeate everything that they do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's why they're just so great. That's why, I mean, I can't imagine anybody else playing Moira Rose. That would have just... I just don't think anyone could have done it the way that she did. And I don't think anyone could have played off of Eugene Levy the way that she does. I think she just adds so much to the character and she adds so much heart and warmth to a character that, you know, like we've mentioned before, it could have been like a Kardashian so easily, you know, and could have been just had no warmth and no depth to her. Um, which, once again, sorry if everybody thinks Kardashians are you know the bomb <laughs> or something, but you know, I, you know, she just she has more depth to her and more heart to her, and you really saw that, especially towards the end, and how proud she was of her daughter with Alexis. Just because I think Alexis, for a long time, was really trying to reach and grasp for her mother's love,
4: mm-hmm. and I
1: think she always felt kind of envious of David and thought David got more of. Um, her mother's attention, which I think was actually true a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. really, that wasn't a thought. I think it was a fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so watching how watching Alexa's face when Moira says how proud she is of her and all that, it was just so beautiful to watch. And Catherine was so great in that scene. They both were. But yeah, that was so, yeah, she's just, she's incredible. And she I'm glad that she got nominated for some awards and hopefully she will this year as well, but she should win. So, <laughs> I mean, the show in general should win some awards. But so you it can of... call
2: it the Emanuel's
1: or something? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, so, so, yeah. 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 She's great. She's great. Okay. So now we're going to switch over a little bit into what I think is probably the central love story. Um, it definitely won our pool of um, our sorry, our poll of uh, who's everybody's favorite love story is, and that's David and Patrick. And so I want to get talking about that, and also talk about just the way the show handles sexuality in general, um, especially when it comes to the character of David. So I just want to go around and I'll ask you first, Carla. I know you, sh- I know everybody on this ships them. So, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on David and Patrick?
0: I am. So excited to get to talk about them to anybody who is not just here. <laughs> no, but you know, I I, I watched. I started watching this show a few years ago, and I started it. Uh, I think just as season three was concluding, so I got to the point where they had, you know, they they had just met, and you go through. Their first date, which, you know, was it a date? Yes, it is a date. Oh my God, I can't believe it's a date. And I I was just, from their first interaction, I was very interested in seeing where that was going because Patrick just doesn't take David as seriously as David thinks he ought to be taken. And it's perfect. It's exactly what David needs because David is a ridiculous person. He is over the top and he does. Uh, get a little bit too into his head and into his his feelings and uh i i think that, that you have to be able to take it with a grain of salt in order to take him seriously and i think patrick is perfect for that um they have the kind of relationship where they uh they can tell each other anything and love and respect each other and that, you know, it, it's such a respectful, playful relationship. Um, and yes, David does have a lot of baggage, as he likes to point out in every single episode, apparently. <laughs> I don't know that there's been like an episode where he doesn't, you know, put himself down or bring up how messed up he is. Um, but but yeah, so as damaged as David is, he also has other reasons to feel unloved and unlovable. Part of that being his family dynamic prior to them moving to this town. Um, and I, I just really think that that uh, Patrick doesn't really dwell on that. He acknowledges it as part of David's being, but he doesn't try to make that a central part of who he is. He just loves him as he is. And that is just exactly the kind of relationship that I like seeing on TV where people just accept each other love each other and have fun in creative ways because if there's one thing that i absolutely detest and i know meg agrees with me is the whole thing where you have to stretch out the the unresolved sexual tension the ust for the sake of uh of keeping people glued to the tv set it's not necessary you can absolutely portray a healthy loving relationship on television and keep people interested but yeah so so that, that's what i think is so wonderful about this relationship and as far as um the handling of sexuality just in general on this show it's so such an open and accepting and comforting thing and i think that's exactly what we need in television and in entertainment it's just letting people be you know there there's something to be said for um for acknowledging a struggle and a historic plight but I think this is absolutely the right time to just let people breathe and exist and have their biggest problem be that somebody accidentally gave somebody else a happy ending. You know, like, let's let that be the problem. You know, like, why can't everything be about, you know, we got burgled and I may or may not have just given more things to this burglar. Just not everything needs to be struggle and uh, about who you are and it's wonderful the, the way that, that they treated um david being oh. pan i thought was brilliant i mean that that wine analogy of uh sometimes he that, that he does like red wine he also likes white wine he likes anything that that um that it's not the wine it's the label oh my god was that a revelation for so many people and so many people were able to relate to their relatives and their family members much more easily because of this very simple way of having it put to them.
1: And Judy, do you have anything you want to add on the David and Patrick front? Uh, Yeah. Um, I, I want to live
2: in a world that treats sexuality the way Shit's Creek does. Um, you know, it's just such a non-issue. I love it. Um, I want more represent, representation on TV and movies and stuff where sexuality doesn't have to be this big, off, dramatic thing. Not that there's not a place for that. It's an important story that needs to be told. But I love that in this show, it's just a normal part of the beautiful variety of of life and the variety of people. And I, I want to live in that kind of a world. Um, you know, in this in in gay straight by whatever, it's all okay. though there and the great the other great thing about David's bisexuality or pansexuality, you know, whichever you want to call it, um, it's very few uh, shows or whatever have ever treated bisexuality correctly. Um, it's always misunderstood or brushed off. It does, or, you know, they think it means that you're poly or that you're greedy or that you can't make up your mind or it's just a stepping stone to being gay. It's none of those things. And this is one of the few places that's ever treated it correctly as its own thing. And um, I squee over that so much because we need that. It's, you know, it's very, un, you know, misunderstood. Um, And then as far as him and Patrick, I just have to say, oh, Patrick, oh my gosh, he's just so adorable. They could not have found a more perfect actor to, to play that role and the heart eyes. Oh my God, he's got the best heart eyes I think I've ever seen. And just every time he just even looks at David with those. Uh, with those hard eyes and the perfect, he's got, he's got that perfect combination of I'm head head over heels in love with this guy, but I'm still not going to put up with this bullshit. (laughs) uh, um, I love that he plays that balance very well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's incredible. They both are incredible together. Yeah. And, and just really quickly, before jumping to you, Meg, just going back to that, to what you were talking about, how it's a more realistic portrayal of, Pansexuality, I mean, what's so great is they don't treat him like he's a slut, which I think a lot of times that's what they do. they just treat they just treat characters like that like they either like you said, can't make up their mind or they're just slutty or you know it, it, which is just not true, so I mm-hmm. really appreciated that they didn't do that that just it's one of the blessings of it,
2: yeah, people don't realize that bisexuality is actually the most common of the LGBT community, but it's just it's also the most misunderstood,
1: mhm. Yeah, yeah, and Meg.
3: I'm just checking stuff off my list that I was gonna.
2: Do. <laughs> <laughs> Did I steal your thunder? <laughs> like, oh, yep,
3: the wine thing, yep, non-issue, great. Oh, oh wait, here's here's one. Patrick is the cutest thumb I've ever seen. <laughs> so I have that. I have that going for me. <laughs> no <laughs> um, i
2: cracked up so hard
3: yeah yep. right yeah but uh but no in all seriousness carla and judy and and you actually aaron have all kind of touched on this one of the best things about this show is um i love the f- fact that dan levy would not allow homosexual or homosexual homophobia to be a part of the show like it was just not allowed to be a part of this world and i thought that was so beautiful and his reason for saying that was don't give air space to hate um awesome. oh, how yes awesome. and and it was and it was just a beautiful thing another thing i absolutely love about and i'm gonna kind of go a little quickly here about it because like i said carl and judy took all my thunder <laughs> i don't I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't like going last. No. <laughs> I'm yeah, you're ch- used to going close to the front. There, so. I'm gonna. I'm gonna change my name. No. So <laughs> I'm Allison now. <laughs> I'm Erin, the male star. No, there you go. <laughs> but no. So one of the things I absolutely love about um, David and Patrick, and I love. I love Patrick's story of his realizing who he is. And it's not like this big, dramatic. Like when he comes out to his parents, of course, he has that anxiety and that stress that I feel like everyone kind of has when you're going to tell your parents something that you're afraid will change how they look at you. I mean, and that's something that's universally relatable to everybody. I remember feeling it when I got my period. I was very scared <laughs> when I was a kid to tell him because I'm like, they're going to look at me differently now. Mm-hmm. Something our relationship is going to fundamentally change because of this and reasonable fear or not. It's something that I think everybody to some degree can relate to, but it wasn't like so many shows when you see someone coming out or struggling with their sexuality, it's so angsty and melodramatic, and it's like you can't be you can't be going through this journey unless you're really struggling to pay for it like that's what so many shows show the price of admission to becoming yourself is a lot of pain and I love that this show didn't allow that he had the stress and anxiety um but it wasn't like he had this whole dramatic and terrifying journey that he had because it's important to show different versions of coming out stories. There's stories of people are like, yeah, I knew your parents are like, whatever. I knew you've been gay forever. And there's stories where kids get kicked out of the house, but there never is anything kind of in between where someone is very stressed about it and their parents didn't know, but also didn't care. And they just love their kid. Mm-hmm. Um, And so that was something that I really loved seeing as far as, I, I guess I'm not going to be quick. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but kind of seeing and just seeing how organic that relationship was, seeing a non-drama-filled same-sex relationship um, was really nice. And it was one of the things that Dan Levy had talked about. And I got, I was very lucky. I got to see um, one of their up-close-and-personal um, panels last year which was amazing but to see just their relationship being treated like every other relationship you see on tv any heterosexual relationship theirs is treated with the same just this is life they're just living their lives together and they're just being adorable singing to each other <laughs> and lip-syncing to each other um But it was a really refreshing thing to see that you can have representation of LGBTQ relationships on screen without them having to be full of angst and darkness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's that's what I've seen. I checked everything off my list and then I just added a bajillion more things because I just can't stop talking.
2: This is one of those shows (laughs) that that you can just talk about forever. Yeah, it, you know, I uh, no, the surface that looks like a silly little comedy, but underneath there's just so much. Judy, meat I'm gonna spoil something for
3: you. Forever. Uh-huh. I can talk about most things forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you gathered that when we recorded all the Michael Shore episodes, but <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs>
2: oh fangirls. I love them.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and um and yeah, the only thing I'll add, because everybody's said everything, I think, um, with David and Patrick and with the way the show handles sexuality, the only thing I'll add is that the Simply the Best, two of those two times, the first one with Patrick singing it to David, and then David Lip singing, well, actually three times, and then David Lip singing it to Patrick and then having it be in their wedding. Oh I just, uh, this I will never be able to hear that song the same way ever again. I think that's just one of the best scenes ever. And what I heard, you know, them talk about is that what's so great about that for people in the LGBTQ community is seeing such a romantic gesture like that, mm-hmm. that you don't see that much. And so just being able to have that moment, um, it, it was just so beautiful. It was just, and watching just when Moira just places her hand on David's shoulder when she realizes how great and wonderful this moment is. That was so beautiful.
3: Also. Yeah. I'm Got sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I am not allowed to watch open mic with my husband in the room anymore. But, uh, <laughs> I watched it. I watched it so many times that actually even my kids are like, mom, enough. <laughs> can you not well, do this anymore? Simply the best is actually, and you know, it just shows how mean my husband is. Cause that's actually his ringtone when he calls me a simply the best. <laughs> it's, wow. it's, it's Patrick and it's Noah Reed singing simply the best. Wow! And so I stuck it,
1: I stuck it to him. <laughs> yeah because i mean it's and i literally started tearing up just now talking about that oh scene, i you know? know like i said chills every time i think about it oh yeah, it's them. one of the most beautiful scenes and then I, having the mariah carey song in their wedding yes. too oh god that was so
0: in, in um an in open mic when uh when uh, patrick is singing it to david and you can kind of see you know the cut to and away from david a lot but there's just like this one moment where you catch um, Catherine O'Hara just wiping a tear away, and it just oh, it sends me to the stratosphere every single time. Yeah, and th- and that was that was
3: and that was Catherine crying, not Moira.
0: I was just gonna say, yeah, yeah, that that they said that like she could barely get through it because she just she just kept crying, and it's so beautiful because you know it, it's uh, it's Moira Rose. You don't really expect that from Moira necessarily, particularly at that part in the series, and just to like have that moment caught just makes it all even more emotional.
3: But you, but you see her give that little side eye to David in the scene too. I've watched that scene just watching Moira's reaction because I think it's actually really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It's it's a fun juxtaposition between Moira and Catherine O'Hara, I think. And I have one other, simply the best fun story. So my cousin's wife, who's one of my favorite people in the world, I like. Tw- she came to visit us. They live in Cincinnati, and I just started watching Shit's Creek with her. I'm like, you are going to watch the show, and you are going to love it. And I do. I like. I basically tied her down and made her watch it. Well, last night she sent me videos of her singing and dancing simply the best like she she memorized the choreography of david's dance and sent me videos after a few vodka peps or vodka cokes or something she sent me videos of who her doing the entire choreography of it and it was the most amazing thing i've ever seen i don't think she would forgive me if i posted it publicly but it was hilarious
1: (laughs) That's so awesome. And you know, I have been trying forever. Carla knows this because I tried to get Carla to convince my mom to watch it as well. I've been trying forever to get my mom to watch this show because my mom is always looking for shows Mm -hmm. that are like this show. Shows that where everybody is really sweet and endearing and nice and there's not a lot of violence. There's not a lot of dark and twisted stuff in it. And so I've tried and I have sent her the simply the the best clips because because I was like, okay, if you can get past because she's tried to Watch it. And she can't get past Roland. That's her big problem. She she can't stand Roland. (laughs) Yeah, he's rough. He's a tough one. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and, you know, so I sent her, and she loves love stories. Like, she loves romance a lot. And so I've sent her those clips and said, you're just – come on, you'll just, you love this couple. And she's loved those clips, but for some reason I still okay. can't get her so to watch Aaron, the show. The key
3: is, because I tried to get my mom to watch the show forever and just telling him to, and you'll like it, you'll like it, they're never going to do it. The key is you have to be there and just turn it on.
1: Yeah. And then yeah. That's and it. They
3: get them hooked. Yep. I did the same thing with my mom and she actually told me, she goes, I'm so excited for this podcast episode about Shit's Creek to come out so I can listen. So <laughs> you really... Hi mom. (laughs) Yeah, right. Hi mom. Cuffle. Yeah, hi. Well, and my mom, I love my mom. She wouldn't get off the couch to get away from the TV, so she didn't have a choice. But if your mom, if your mom, Carla knows, she's met my mom. (laughs) If your mom who is one who wanders, just tie her down very (laughs) gently.
2: Gently, gently. Stay
3: stay six feet away. Stay six feet away for social distancing. Or you'd be like, hey, mom, we're going to video chat. And then when you go to video chat, just go to Netflix play and be like, bam. Like, mom, mom, share screens with me on Skype. Give me control. And then when you have control of her computer, just bring it up and be like, ha ha.
1: Oh. Yeah. Well, well she does she's doing a lot of Zoom meetings right now so I know she can do just with her friends. So I know she can do Zoom. So I'll just have to schedule a Zoom time with her and just share my screen and make her watch. And just it do
3: it and be like, "You can't change it. You can't turn it off." <laughs> nice.
1: There you go. Yeah, and my rich- mom does my mom does listen to this podcast. I don't know if she'll listen to this one because of the spoilers. That's but amazing. she is. Just I... be prepared. <laughs>
3: I am all about the stealth, basically holding people hostage um, to get them to watch those. The only reason Carla has not watched one of the shows that I've recommended a million times is because I physically cannot go over there and make her. She was she was going to come up to visit me and I was like, that's great don't mind the seatbelts I installed with no release <laughs> on the couch so I can make you watch heart of Dixie with me.
1: <laughs> I think that's one of the ones that, no, that's heartland. I'm like, I think that's the one ones my mom. No, It's heartland. My mom loves the show heartland. So that's I, I, I
3: saw the first 10 seasons of heartland. So Aaron's mom, watch it's crazy. Your friendly fellow heartland fan says it's good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. That'll get her to do it probably. <laughs> she does she loves that show so much. It's and so funny. <laughs> if you want to enjoy a margarita that never
3: ends while you watch it, that's good too. <laughs> Although it's gonna end. it's gonna end my bottle is getting empty. Oh no. <laughs> uh
1: oh. Okay, well, let's go into probably one of the other um, David's best friend really, uh, Stevie on the show. And Stevie, of course, is a member of the town and helps to run the motel and ends up running it with Johnny and becoming partners there. So, Carla, what are your thoughts on Stevie?
0: You know, at first, I wasn't sure if I liked her. she's she's just so um so dry and uh, I don't she she was too similar to David for me. And I thought that was too much. So, like, the, the, the first few episodes I had a, a hard time with her except for the fact that she's absolutely beautiful. So, I was like, okay, they're both beautiful, I can probably get through this. Um, But, you know, she started to really grow on me pretty quickly because she she does have a heart under all of that, you know, very crusty outer layer. Um, She is a very caring person and... Even though she doesn't, you know, she doesn't like high five, she doesn't do hugs, but she will give everything in her to help her friends and to just, and to show how much she cares for somebody. And it, it really, it, it bothered me so much when, um, oh, I can't remember his name, the, the guy she was dating for a bit, um when he decided that, that she was like, he, I, listen I loved him I thought he was great and I thought that they were great together and it really was so sad for me when um, when she shows up ready to go gallivanting around motels for a weekend and he's like yeah I didn't really see you like that it, it broke my heart for her and that you know like, it was at the moment when you really see the depth of her ability to show her caring like she went out on a limb she doesn't do that You know, like, she's very... She'll hold back until she's shown that she's safe. She's kind of like a cat. (laughs) You know, like, a cat will will not come and sit on your lap unless you you prove that you're a steady lap to sit on. And that's kind of what Stevie is like. She she was interested in hanging out with David from the beginning, although I think that was because she found him attractive. Um, And then she found him interesting. And it was more fascination than an actual friendship kind of thing. She just was born with this town and there's this interesting new guy who happens to be good looking who like seems to be very different from everything she's ever known. And she just really becomes um, uh, I guess she falls in love with his inner self. And I don't mean that in like a romance kind of way, although they did have that bubble fling for a short time, but she just falls in friend love. With him, and he does what for her also, and it's easy to see why. I mean, they're both people who um, are a bit dark. They're both very quirky. They're both very picky. They've both uh, they both kind of recoil at the idea of like springing of somebody springing love on them, um, and it it just makes like for the perfect friendship there. Um, I I just I, I didn't know that I would come to like her so much. I didn't know that I would come to care for that character so much. And seeing her interactions with... I mean, to me, her interactions with the exes are like, whatever. It's just, you know, they kind of um, are there because they, they live in the same place and they both love David. They do have their own friendship, but it's not anything that's particularly interesting to me. To me, the most interesting interactions in which you learn a lot about her are her interactions with, with Johnny. Because with him... Are some of the times when she's the most vulnerable even more so sometimes than with david because with david they're peers you know they they have um, similar i guess life questions at the time but she comes to see johnny as somebody that she can go to for advice for the much harder things and somebody that whose uh validation she tries to gain to a certain degree and um she she doesn't come out and say it but you can see in the episode where johnny Um, has gas and not a heart attack that she's the most broken up person there i mean no that's not your mire's the most broken up person there but i mean stevie is a very close second she she could barely move out of her little chair but but yeah like she yes but she she really cares about johnny and his opinion and his um his advice and it, it really becomes like another father daughter dynamic. And I just loved seeing that that is a different kind of vulnerability. And I I thought it was very sweet and showed so much about, about, um, Stevie.
2: And Judy. Um, well, you know, I have to agree with you completely, Carla. At first I, she took a little bit of time to grow on me because at first I thought she was just going to be this one dimensional side character. She's, she did seem so dry and, and God, almost boring. Um, but then the way that they gave her depth and vulnerability and growth changed everything. I loved her um more and more all the time um watching her relationship with David grow into this like equally supportive um you know just balanced relationship was really heartwarming maybe a little bit unbalanced you know she was probably more supportive of him because he's so self absorbed but still i do, i love the way they both you know supported each other and then oh my gosh the the lovely relationship that she developed with johnny um you know when when she first comes in the picture you just you don't realize how completely alone this girl is she has no one when the show begins and she seems just so so lonely and then to watch this crazy family and johnny of course in particular and and david embrace her and basically like not let her retreat into herself which was definitely her inclination um was really just a a thing of beauty and it showed the humanity and love that the roses actually do have in their hearts Um and uh just on a side note, I have to say one of my one of my my sons watched this show with me and one of them told me that his absolute favorite thing to do is watch an episode and watch um Stevie's face. (laughs) I guess her (laughs) reactions to the insanity going on around her are just a thing of brilliance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She loves herself some drama. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know i wonder if that's what it is yeah. like i said she's so, kind of so alone at first and then the, this bigger than life family moves in and i can see like moth to a flame the the attraction there
3: yeah. well and yeah and to go off what you were talking with judy about her being all alone actually i'm going to check that off the list of things Sorry. i was going to say about, <laughs> no, I'm, you know, I'm just, but, but something. So we've talked a lot about how Schitt's Creek has kind of saved the Rose family and how and the effect that going to this little town has had on the Rose family. But we haven't really talked much about the effect that the Rose family had on this town. And I think the personification of that is Stevie. Yeah. So I used to ship uh, Stevie and David in the very beginning. Carla laughed at me when I said that when I first started watching. Um. I absolutely love Stevie. I think she is the personification of how the Rose family changed Schitt's Creek, not just how Schitt's Creek changed the Rose family. I love that she was adopted into this family and her relationship with Johnny, I think is honestly the most important and paramount of the entire series, as much as I love David and Patrick and everyone else's relationship. I think Johnny and Stevie really kind of shows the blending of these two very different cultures and how they can coexist and actually help each other flourish. Um, and I think Stevie's life was saved by the roses just in case you can't make it work later. Um, (laughs) and I love watching Stevie love to watch drama. Um, Judy said that your sons really like to, to watch that. It's one of my favorite things is how excited she gets whenever somebody else is having a hard time is one of my favorite things about her. I never had to warm up to her. She reminds me too much of (laughs) people I know and love. (laughs) and the thruple storyline with her and david and jake and eventually patrick was my god (laughs) one of my favorite storylines of the whole series and i was afraid that we weren't going to get to talk about it but that thruple thing was the best and i also have to throw out here that i love the fact that she and david <laughs> slept together and she had feelings for him and he wasn't really very sure about it and i love how they got past that and were able to show a really healthy loving wonderful friendship that can happen after you take things too far and re- kind of regret it or not regret it necessarily but decide that this is not the relationship you should have and i love have that to pull back. portrayal of that yeah. friendship yeah so I feel like I really like plowed through that everything and, and listeners, I promise I try real hard to be like, circumspect, <laughs> like to be nice about it, but recording hates me. <laughs> I, felt, <laughs> I just felt very bullet pointy right now. Like I have to make sure I get the shit <laughs> I, I want to say
1: said. <laughs> I no, but it was so- good. You said some great stuff, so.
3: I know I like I normally like to let things breathe a little bit while I'm talking but I just I, I couldn't <laughs> and Stevie and Cabaret is one of the best things I've ever seen I hate Cabaret but I love her in it mm-hmm. um I if it was her instead of Liza Minnelli then maybe I would have enjoyed it more <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah that's that's now I'm going <laughs> to drink some margarita to help my parched throat.
1: <laughs> yeah. Stevie. I, and I, I'm like you, Meg. I liked Stevie from the very beginning. Um, I, she was probably my favorite character from the beginning. She reminds me That so kind much of changed my over time. Like, but... I
3: couldn't, I couldn't not love her. She reminds me. Of oh, really? yeah. Much...
1: yeah. Yeah. No, she I reminds think. me a lot of a lot of people I've been friends with throughout my life. Oh don't know. It's fine. Um, and what I loved about the cabaret episode, her solo performance and watching her oh my God. be so incredibly vulnerable, which is so hard for her, and putting her heart out there and her soul and everybody embracing her and just watching her face when she was done at the very end, just that emotion. And uh, it was, so oh my God, I get I chills can- thinking about that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's that's. Yeah. I just got
3: goosebumps in you talking about it. It's so. I did. I might get a little weepy. Yeah.
1: And she and she's she (laughs) and she has helped the roses so much. I mean, just watching that scene with David when they're parked in front of the house that Mm -hmm. Patrick wants to get for him and they're sitting on the hood of the car and her just basically just saying, Look, this is what you. You know, this is where you should be. This is what you really want, and really pointing him in the right direction was so beautiful. And their friendship was so great. And that scene where they, where you know, David says, "I think you're the first real friend I've ever had," and just them having that moment was so beautiful. And you mean um, I know honeymoon? recently I was shared with <laughs> Carla one of, my, yeah, on their honeymoon. Yeah, um, <laughs> my friend Joyce, who I've, I've who I've known since I was five years old. She recently started watching Shits Creek and she texted me, you know, she was telling me about it and she said, Oh, it is it David and Stevie have to get together. So I just, I didn't say anything. I'm like, okay, you'll just you'll did, see. And then she texted me later and said, Oh, never mind. I love David and Patrick. So, <laughs> so I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I had to mention that. Cause when you said that, it just reminded me of that, but. I actually she, had the opposite story,
2: reaction. I really, oh, really, when, when, when the two of them slept together, I was like, Ew. I I don't know. I was just like, that just doesn't work. They're supposed to be friends and I don't know. I just no. didn't get it at all. One yeah. of Carla's yeah,
3: one I of Carla's see, favorite
1: yeah.
2: one of
3: Carla's favorite
2: things is to
3: like read my texts as I live text her shows that she's seen before that I have not seen. So <laughs> she can just laugh to herself. About the ridiculous things I say. Well, because you don't yeah. want to spoil it for me, but you're like, right. uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, you I just wait. Wait. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, th-
1: that is a fun thing about when you love a show and somebody else is starting to watch it, and you know what's coming, and they haven't gotten to a certain point that maybe you think is amazing, or maybe you have issues mm-hmm. with. And, you know, especially if someone's mentioned something that somehow calls to that thing that's going to happen. And you're like, I got to just be quiet because I just can't wait to see what um, your reaction is going to be. She, and like, for me, just, I'll be like, you've got to let me know when you get to this, when you get to this episode.
4: you and got to let that's me know. Like, I just got to like, know
1: your reaction. So, um, she yeah. She'd be like, Meg, Meg, just wait till the end of
3: season three. Just wait. Season three is when it gets like amazing. And then I got to Patrick showing up. I'm like, okay. She loves this little thumb.
1: <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I that's what I keep telling my mom. I'm like, just wait till you get to season three.
0: <laughs> it's so hard to tell people, you know, like just just stick through seasons one, season two is supposed to pick up a season three. Man, I always tell people that they're short uh, short seasons it's like it's just like 21 minutes per episode and it's only 13 episodes per season you can make it. it's worse when it's the
1: opposite when it's like it's really good and that just nose dives i'm muscling my way through I Buffy
2: right now and
1: boy those first couple seasons
2: are a little slow and awkward so <laughs> and people can yeah, really make really is... season three and
1: four they're amazing <laughs> yeah and then I love- seasons i think season six is really good and <laughs>
3: I, I love it when I have to preface, just make it past the first season or two. Um, <laughs> when I recommend a show, like when I t- when I try and get my, my sister has never seen the office and I've been trying to get her watching. She goes, I just can't get past the first season. I was like, then skip it. It's not a big deal. Just skip it. You might want to go back later, but skip it. Cause it, didn't age very well
1: um <laughs> yeah with those and like like we mentioned and parks and rec as well i think with certain shows it's okay when you skip like a season yeah. certain other ones like well you know, doctor doctor who is I, i'm one. actually not a big sorry we're going on total tangent here but I'm, I'm not i'm not a big fan of the first season of supernatural honestly i, I think it's that. okay i just think it's incredibly cheesy and i had a and i didn't really fall in love with that show until season 2 sorry we're going on a whole tangent oh, let's really
3: <laughs> get I'm gonna I'm gonna bring I'm it gonna back so, and I'll carla, back. carla is the one, okay. the one who got me to watch shit's creek carla is the one who got me to watch shit's creek and i resisted cuz i thought she was talking about the ranch with ashton kutcher <laughs> and finally she's like no i'm not talking about the ranch it's about this rich family. And then I finally started watching the it. So Carl and oh. and I got into Shits Creek. And the, the ranch. ranch. The ranch. With Ash and Kushner in front of the last C. I don't recommended that that and, and I've
1: Schitt's...
3: never seen it, first. Said, Well, and that's what was so weird to me. She goes, You should watch Shits Creek. And I was like, I saw the first was, Yeah. The ranch. I thought remember yeah, when I thought ranch, you were telling me to watch the ranch? And you were telling me to watch Shits Creek. And I was like, I saw the first episode. I'm not a big Ashton Kutcher fan. And you're like, what the okay. hell are you talking about? So we're gonna bring it around. Now we can talk about the townsfolk, right, Erin?
1: Take it back around to the show. Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay um, we're I, gonna talk about we're gonna I talk about the to- <laughs> We're gonna talk about the townsfolk now. Um, and I'll just quickly say that um, for women, I did two separate polls. Your favorite female, and Ronnie won that one hands down on both. I would say both Facebook and Twitter. Um, And then for male, it was it was really close call there between Bob and Ray. Kind really? of went back and forth. Yeah, <laughs> really, Ronnie. Well, Ronnie? I, I excluded I excluded Ted and Patrick from the males, so that's probably why it was more than Ronnie's rivalry. Um, with and Patrick is you one know, of my favorite things. yeah and and funny enough um because i saw that carla on facebook said yeah i won't yeah i don't know how anyone could pick roland almost right after you said that on twitter (laughs) it became this four-way tie between all four men (laughs) and then it got broken up and then it was a tie between bob and ray so which never got broken did you say Ted was included or no no he wasn't Ted oh, okay. and Patrick weren't included okay, so that's definitely. why it was yeah. those yeah because I purposely didn't include them because they were part of a relationship which we haven't even gotten to Ted of course but I don't know if we'll get <laughs> we'll probably get to it with this one but I'm so anyway saying, are we so, get to Ted?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Carla what are your thoughts on all the different townspeople of Schitt's Creek I have all the thoughts and here they are I'm gonna start by saying that I really enjoyed
0: the casting of all of the different townspeople. I thought that whoever cast this show is absolutely brilliant because I just, you know, you can't really picture anybody else playing these people. Jocelyn is fantastic. She is one of my absolute favorite female um, characters on, on the show. Uh, You have Ronnie who is, you know, outside of the roses and Stevie, my favorite one. She is just so cold and and so abrupt, but she's a really nice person. Yeah, she's really nice, and she's like the most uh, put-together and and most professional of of pretty much all the townspeople. She's the only person who seems to make sense consistently, Um, and even in the fact that, that she's the first person to have pointed out that Patrick is shaped like a thumb, which... We just i was like yes thank you i always knew he resembled something and i couldn't put my finger on it and you literally said finger and now i can't unsee it thank you ronnie for being the voice of reason in this whole town um but you know i you know i, I think I, I i one of the reasons that i was drawn to the show was chris elliott because i've always loved him and i hate him so much in the show and i just i was going bananas Over the fact that he is unbearable, he's uncouth, he's disgusting. Even his mullet bothers me. Like his habits, the the way that he that he talks to Johnny. (laughs) But it's just it's oh it's so off putting the way that he eats everything about him just like oh my god, yeah no for sure. But it was like oh my gosh I don't know that I can tolerate this. But he's done better in, in other shows. Yeah, but but he hasn't been like this much this in pretty much anything that I've seen up until now. And this was just like, okay, thankfully it's in small doses because if there, if there were more of him on the show, I would not be watching. But, okay, aside from that, I love everybody. Even down to like the very small, very small uh, characters, like the, the lady who ran Madly, the, the adult, um, the senior dating service. Where, you know, they sit down with her and, and Johnny says, what does madly stand for? She's like, mature adults, dating, lovers, yes. It, it, it's something that I just love to like throw out at Meg when I'm texting her every now and then. I'm just, I just message her madly and mature adults, dating, lovers, yes. And it just, it cracks me up and Meg's like, lol. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, Bob, what I love about him is the way he runs i don't know what it is like if you see bob run it is the best thing on the screen at that moment it's so very specific it's fantastic uh that lady who just shows up now and then she used to she was the cashier at the um at the grocery store where david got his first job in town and She just shows up in in, in other little scenes here and there. And she's kind of like dead eyed and, you know, like unenthusiastic, but she's great. I just love her. But there's just no townsperson who doesn't bring something interesting to a scene. And again, I I give huge credit to the to the casting people because, you know, you could write something really well. And if it gets into the wrong hands, it's not going to be it's not going to come across on the screen the way that you want it to. And every single person really hits their mark just beautifully. Like Wendy, the, 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 um, what was it? The not dress barn. in um, Elmdale. Yeah. It was like a dress barn. Um, every thank you. Yes. Blouse barn. I knew it had a barn in it. Um, just her, her attitude the entire time that she reacts to David. It, it's just, you know, can you really imagine somebody like that in real life, and and have them be that have that kind of interaction with somebody like David? It's great.
1: And Judy.
2: Yeah, so I have to agree with you. The townsfolk definitely bring uh, breadth to this show, and it kind of reminds me of like a Parks and Rec. How you know the those those townspeople each are so. Different and they and so quirky that they just bring such a cool quirkiness to the show. Um but let me just start off by saying I want to be a jazz girl. I'm so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love the Jazz girls and it's just the greatest thing ever. I want to be a Jazz girl. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but uh, so aside from that townspeople, people, I have to say, Bob annoys me every time he's on camera, <laughs>
1: except oh, for oh. Except when he was in
2: all weather. I mean, I was like, okay, I'll give him that. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it just Bob annoyed me. But Jocelyn, oh gosh, what can I say about Jocelyn? Um, I feel like there's, you know, she's this little side character, but there's so much there that could be explored. Um, like she, you know, she pastes on this, huge smile, but you can see the way the actress plays her that there's so much going on behind that smile like it's just so much restraint um, and it's like the bigger she smiles, the more she's plotting murder in her head and that's like one of my favorite things ever I just love Jocelyn to death
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and Meg uh
3: yeah, so I agree with everything Carlin. And- and Judy just said, but I feel like I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Twyla. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. And how how beautiful she is and how she... We talk about Alexa, how Alexa, Alexa Alexis has been through some shit. My little Alexa's about to start lighting up. Um, about how <laughs> Alexis has been through... <laughs> so we talk about Alexis and how she's been through a lot, but Twyla's really been through a lot, too, and I think one of the most interesting things is her how happy and sunny and upbeat she always is kind of through all of it and i love how she mentions all these really like kind of horrifying and hilarious things that happened to her but in such a like happy upbeat kind of way Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) yeah
3: and i absolutely love that about her i love that she has enough money to do whatever she wants and go wherever she wants. And uh, she just very much loves the life she has. And I I absolutely love that about her. I love how content she is with herself and how happy she is with who she is as a person and how she just embraces herself and her life. And I think that's fantastic. Uh, we touched a little bit on Ray. But he cracks me up. He's got 800 jobs and he's not very good at any of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, I would never, I would never. He's a hustler let him, though, man. He is. I would never let him do any photo sessions. Ever. <laughs> but I love him so much. He cracks me up. Um, and i know that i have to disagree with judy i love bob (laughs) bob Bob is just so ridiculous and bob and gwen are just so like he's just so clueless and out of touch and my favorite, one of my favorite episodes i know we're gonna we're supposed to touch on this later but i have to say it now uh, one of my favorite episodes is when Moira and Johnny decide to get away to Roland's cabin. And they wind up breaking in to the cabin and they go and have an amorous <laughs> evening and they come out and there's Bob and Gwen sitting on the couch. <laughs> like they, they came into their cabin. They heard people having sex in their room and they just decided to sit on the couch and wait. Just went with it. <laughs> and just like, and then... And their and their relationship and Gwen, I need I could do a whole series honestly on just Bob and Gwen's weird <laughs> relationship. Wow! Like you see that picture of them and the the other couple on the log together, and you don't know anything about mm-hmm. any of them, but you know this is some weird swingers club, and then Gwen. Leaves <laughs> and then gwen leaves him but he's still like we gotta make sure to save us like at the wedding at the end of the series oh i know we gotta leave a spot open in case gwen comes back and it's just i thought there's so much comedic just treasure to get in there and i i could honestly watch an entire series just kind of on the townspeople of schitt's creek (laughs) but especially bob and gwen and that really weird i'm just gonna, thing they have going Now I'm done. Oh, also Bob in the cabaret. Uh, No, no. When Bob Bob auditioned for cabaret.
2: Oh, and she was so excited about it.
3: Yes. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. So when Bob auditioned for cabaret and they're like trying to be angry and he did his usual run walk and then he stopped and put his hands on his hip and I just I could not stop laughing. I could not stop laughing. It was the funniest thing. He was, he was going to be trying to be a Nazi or something. And he's just like yep. angry. And he did his little run. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, the run's pretty good. I
3: could It was amazing. I love him so much. And now I'm going to shut up before I get cut off again.
1: um i'll just add a couple quick little things with uh what i loved about ronnie one thing i loved with ronnie was you know she was kind of cold kind of distant had this wall up um but in the when she has that final scene where she gets emotional when moira is saying goodbye during that scene that was so great because it was like she kind of broke down that wall a little bit. and she just let a little bit of that emotion come out, and it was it was just so great to see. And then watching her walk the red carpet for Moira's premiere, and how gorgeous she looked—I right. mean, she was just <laughs> oh my god, she was stunning. She she completely took
0: she took the um, what's it called? Oh my god, I can think of it in Spanish, but not in English. But she stole the the show right there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was just, oh my God. She I don't was know. So- I think the crows attacking everyone stole the show. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as far the as the red carpet looks go, she <laughs> definitely stole the show. I mean, it was just, it was great to see her out of the normal clothes that she would wear, which I loved her outfits, but it was just, it was just nice to see her just look so beautiful and gorgeous and stunning and to give her that moment there. So she was great. I, I can't, I don't like Roland. I you know, and a lot of it is because he's so gross to watch. He's very hard to watch. And I feel so bad for Jocelyn having to be married to him. I have to say, I'm like, how could you ever have sex with that man? Well, he, hey, so funny. She,
3: she
2: knows because what it's like love. to be in bed with a naked
3: rolling shit.
2: All oh, right. Uh, she God. knows. You wonder why behind her smile is a plotting murder.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and, so- and i love jocelyn i think jocelyn is great and watching yes. her relationship with with moira especially um and then also watching how much she has so much faith in alexis and she i think she's the first one in the town to have faith in alexis mm-hmm. um and just watching that kind of carryover is great um and and i i Mutt I kind of went back and forth on <laughs> when the I, when I the show was first <laughs> Yeah, I did too until I did my little poll thing and and, but you know, when it first started, I actually really liked Mutt and I wanted Mutt and Alexis to end up together. I thought Ted was kind of bland and then Ted became more of my favorite for her. Um And then Twyla, of course, with Twyla just ending up being this secret millionaire, it's just (laughs) the most amazing thing in the world. And the fact that she has such a great heart that she just decided she would still be a waitress. And then she ended up buying the diner. But it was just, it's just such a, she's such a sweetheart. And um, yeah, she's so great, great to watch. And she's, of course, the sister of Dan Levy and Eugene Levy's daughter, too. So I don't know if we've mentioned that, but in real life. So I just, I thought she was great as well. And yeah, I think the casting is so spot on for everybody, really. And and Ray, I have to remember Ray, when they're getting ready for David and Patrick's wedding, and he's filming, he's still filming it. And he's like, well, they said to film everything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's so great. Yes, Uh yes, he's so fun.
3: i know i know not even even useful just doing something just happy to be a part of it all
2: yeah yeah he's he's, he's he's he is
3: the personification of i'm just happy to be here yes (laughs) exactly Exactly. he is just happy to be here happy to be included and Mm -hmm. i love that so much And it's and I didn't get to talk about Roland because again I was really scared about my my cutting out, but the first (laughs) that first dinner with Roland when he's doing the fun oh god, and his fingers are just coated in cheese so gross I was like I okay but first off I am from Wisconsin, so if anything about cheese makes me go ick then I feel like it's a really huge approach, um. That, I feel like, told me everything <laughs> I needed to know about Roland. But at the same time, he is so gross. And I feel like we've bagged on him a lot. And I do hate him a bit because he is just ick. He's like the worst character or the biggest caricature of like this. Whatever I don't even know what he is a caricature of, honestly. But when push comes to shove, he's there.
1: That's true. That's true. That
3: he is true. Is, he is there. He is gross, and he's not the friend that you would want to like admit is your friend. And we saw that with with Johnny and Moira's anniversary dinner. But he is a very genuine, caring person too. And I loved when Johnny stood up for them at that dinner. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I had to defend Roland a little bit. Yes. <laughs>
0: I hate to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Roland really does go to bat for Johnny. When, when I, when, you know, he, he postponed Johnny incessantly and like that really bothers me. I think he's really disrespectful to Johnny. But when it comes down to it, he does have a lot of respect for him and he really admires him. And you see that in that scene um, when they're uh, doing their pitch. And he's the only one left, and he just stares them down and absolutely, uh, in his own way, rails at their treatment of Johnny, and really shows how much he he, he the, the highest esteem in which he has him.
3: And eventually you can kind of see his teasing of Johnny is more of the familiar kind of ribbing that a lot of people do with people they love and are and trust and are close to in the beginning. I feel like he was just so full of his own importance uh, of being the mayor of this town and bless him for having so much pride in his town. And when you, and you watch it and you see these town people, he deserves to have that pride. It's a town full
2: of lovely people. I think maybe he was in, um, worried about sort of being upstaged you know as he's he's been the mayor for a long time and all of a sudden these famous formerly rich people came in and i think the whole thing was him kind of putting that aggression on them because he didn't want to be upstate his his position in town to be upstaged
3: and not just that but the fear that the town was going to be sold to who knows who who, to who knows who and them making a joke because he does not see his town or his name as a joke and that's kind of what makes it so funny for the rest of us too, to kind of laugh at him a little bit. Cause he does not see it as a joke
2: yeah. and he, right. But and he, the whole but he's of- aware that other people do. Right. So because the defend- whole reason the town was bought in the first place was yeah. as a joke.
3: Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So I, I can, I felt I had to defend Roland a little bit as, as, <laughs> as frustrating as he is. Uh, he is also everyone in this town is just, everyone in this show is just a good person. And I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, well, and we were going to touch on favorite episodes, but I'm actually going to skip over that because just because of time, <laughs> um, <laughs> and just get into um, the series finale and just sort of everybody's thoughts on the series finale and ha- and how it wrapped everything up. Um, Carla, what are your thoughts on the series finale?
0: It was such a perfect finale. You don't often have perfect finales. You often you seldom have even good finales because. I think a lot of shows really just try to pack everything into one thing or have a perfect ending or have um, or just tie things up really neatly in a bow. And what this show did throughout the entire final season is they blew up some of their own perfect relationships. Because if it had ended with, you know, with um, Alexis and Ted going off into the sunset together and everybody living in the town together I think that's pretty much what everybody expected you know that that they would come to see that this is their town these are their people but they uh, they really set it up so that you know Moira is still Moira she's still um an ambitious actress and she still cares about her her career even though as she herself has pointed out it has not been particularly kind to her And you still have Johnny, who he loves the town. He really, truly does. And he loves Stevie and, you know, even Roland. But he is still somebody with just huge ideas and huge amounts of ambition. And the town was just not going to be able to contain him. Um, And it would have been a disservice to those two characters to keep them pinned down in that town. you have Alexis, who... You know, again, she could have married Ted. It could have very well ended up being that they come back to the Galapagos and everything's perfect and they, she moves in above the veterinary clinic and they live happily ever after above the the office. But she follows her ambition and her passion, leads her away from Ted, leads her in fact away from her family, and she's still going to be okay and you still feel that. Um... And of course, you know, David and Patrick, it makes sense that they stay there because that's where they have their their business. Patrick doesn't really necessarily seem like a big town kind of guy. And it's still, you still end up feeling like everybody's going to be all right in their own way. They are not going to all end up together in the same spot. Like my heart kind of wished that they would. But this is one of those times when not getting what your heart desires is actually better. And I know that I can't be the only one who would have loved to have seen the whole thing end up with like a big meal, at cafe tropical and, you know, they're all there together. But I think this was a million times better because it shows them actively moving on to the next phase of their lives. And I don't think you can ask for anything more of characters that you come to love so deeply than to see them engaged in what will bring them happy, happiness next. And you know, for example, Friends ending the show in the empty apartment when Monica and Chandler are getting ready to move out and they're all headed down to um to Central Perk. I, I think that part of why that didn't necessarily work as an ending is because it's an ending. There's no feeling of, well, we know, what's gonna come next for these people it, it's just you know they have their um their path sort of set out for them but you don't see them moving towards that it's just you, you see them leaving this empty place and it tears out your heart whereas this you know you you, you leave feeling like they've come so far and by leaving with johnny and moira we are going on their next step with them even though even if it's just in
2: our imaginations That's a really good way to put it. in Judy. Um, okay. So I know we're skipping favorite episodes, but I just have to give props to the incident at David's oopsie daisy. <laughs> because I can't remember ever <laughs> laughing so hard at an episode yeah. in my life. Oh my gosh. That was a riot. <laughs> I was so okay, So moving on to the, the, oh God, the secondhand embarrassment and the cringiness, yeah. but also just, you know, we all have, Really embarrassing things that happened in our life, and it was just done brilliantly. And Patrick's reaction was brilliant—the <laughs> plastic, yeah. the plastic on the mattress—it was just brilliant. oh <laughs> uh, gosh. Okay, so <laughs> the finale. Um, Carla agreed with a, a. I agree with a lot of what you say. I was a little bit conflicted. For uh, first of all, I love, love, love what they did with Alex. Uh, I'm sorry, Alexis and Ted. Um, it literally had me in tears. I, it was so good. It was perfection. The, the love that they had for each other and the way that that love grew, but the maturity that it took and for both of them to make the sacrifice for the other person. Um, it was just so beautifully done and, you know, kind of going back to what I said earlier about how, how, you know, Alexis has spent this whole series fighting that inner selfishness in her, which you see through her hands and her, you know, facial expressions and stuff. And for, for that to win once again, to her to be selfless and let Ted go, but also a little bit selfish and know that like, she needed to do this for herself too. It was just gorgeous. Um, but then talking about the the finale itself, like I said, I'm a little bit conflicted because it's a little bit too, too, for me, it was a little too perfect that um they get their money back. Or not necessarily all their money, but they, you know, kind of, it, it's, it just seemed a little too easy. And life is not like that. <laughs> you know, anybody who's been poor knows. It ain't easy to climb out of that. And so to be that broke that they literally had nothing but the clothes on their backs and then to end up with, you know, starring in the show again and getting an investor to, to spend millions in a hotel and, and all of that. I don't know. A little bit too perfect. But as far as each each individual path and the way that they each got – um had grown so much from their experience in Schitt's Creek and how I think they'll go on to be better for it. That part I absolutely loved and have to also give props to the, the wedding and the vows were just the sweetest thing ever. And Moira stealing the show with that outfit. Good Lord. (laughs) So like I said, a little bit of conflict on, you know, just that little bit too perfect of, you know, with gay, we're, gonna have a new hotel chain and all of this but other than that i just loved what they did with all of the characters and their growth and their um showing what they're going to do next and so hopeful
3: Mm -hmm. yeah i i gotta say i kind of disagree with it being easy for them i think i don't think it was easy at all i mean they had to get the the show had to end with them getting the impetus to leave like they had to be able to leave. I feel like that was the whole premise of the show, but I don't think it was necessarily easy. I mean, it was years of hard work from Johnny and Stevie to really get the Rosebud motel thing off the ground. Um, and a lot of stress and work and strain. And as far as Moira getting her part back, I can kind of see that, but I think so much of that was she was kind of back in the game with the crows have eyes three of the croning. Oh
2: my God. I love that. <laughs>
3: And I think it was great that she was able to kind of morph that into an actual career rather than just being kind of a campy one-off. And I really liked that. Um, I, I loved the finale. I thought it was fantastic. Everyone in this, in the main cast got what they needed and what they wanted. Um, Like I said before, David and Patrick, of course they were going to stay. like they were the, they were David was the only one of that family that I could actually envision staying. I could never see Alexis staying in Schitt's Creek, even for Ted. And that was one of the things that I really loved. And you mentioned it, Judy about their breakup and Carla mentioned it too. They had this very mature breakup where there was no bad blood and they broke up because their lives aside from this relationship were going exactly in the directions that they always wanted to go, and that just did not gel with a relationship at the time. And I, and I thought and this show has always done a really good job of depicting relationships in a way that we don't normally get to see, and having that mm-hmm. heartbreaking but beautiful um, conclusion to that storyline and that and that relationship was fantastic. In my heart, do I believe that in three years Ted will find her and they will? live happily ever after without having babies because alexis is not mother material absolutely (laughs) absolutely no shade no shade on alexis not at all (laughs) not at all but i couldn't really see her the way i look most days um (laughs) But another thing is, I, I, I did love the finale. My mother probably will hate it because if it does not end in, like, nuclear holocaust, where everyone is dead so she knows exactly what happens next, <laughs> she's never happy with the finale. Um, but I, I, I really loved how it ended on a little bit of an open ending. I, I generally really like kind of time jumps when we talk, we talked about Parks and Rec having their kind of time jump. And Six Feet Under had a really brilliant series finale with their time jumps. I like that this one didn't do that. I like that we can kind of all fill in the blanks for ourselves as to what happened with these characters. I love that Stevie is going to be able to go from city to city and place to place setting up new motels, but she'll still have this home base in Schitt's Creek. And I love that. Yes, and she'll get to travel. Exactly, she gets both. She gets the best. She
2: gets yeah, it's very, very helpful. Of- yeah, she yeah. gets
3: the best of both worlds, and I really, really love that. Um, I would hate to have a time jump be like five years in the future, and have these characters not end up how I envisioned them ending up. To be perfectly mm-hmm.
0: honest, um, or specifically, I would hate to see a time jump and then have them have the um, time jump haircut, where all of the women's hair is like. Five inches shorter and, and in a bold time. Anyway, please proceed. I just wanted to point that out. Well, that's I never, true. The <laughs> other thing, I never
2: thought of it.
3: The other thing I needed to say was that I called BS on Carla saying that she wouldn't watch the show uh, with Roland shit if he was more involved because I know that David and Patrick would lure you in no matter how insufferable anybody else <laughs> on the show is. <laughs>
0: No, it's true. And frankly, just David, because as I've mentioned, Dan Levy is super hot. And also, Eugene Levy has aged to my expectations, so.
3: His hair is amazing.
2: Okay, and can I say about the finale, I would have loved to have seen Alexis take some of that money um, from Twyla and then become sort of partners in her business
3: i'm so happy i'm so so happy that she didn't though
2: i mean i'm I'm
3: satisfied i just i kind of like would have liked that as well but but i feel like her taking that money from twyla would have been a regression for her Hmm. because i feel like six years ago if twyla had mentioned it to her she would have jumped all over it oh absolutely yeah And for her to be like, for her to have that moment of temptation, like literally everybody else would, and then resist it shows like that. 30 seconds showed all of her growth. Yeah. And, and I feel like it would be unfair to take that from her by letting her take that money from Twyla because she doesn't need it. She's going to make it. She is going to be fine. Yeah. And, I, and and that's what the the finale told me is that everyone is going to be fine and they're going to be happy and they're going to be okay. And they're going to be better than they were at the beginning. And I mean, what else can you ask for in a finale?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and I have to say, um, you know, even though I was crying when I was talking about the um, David and Patrick singing Simply the Best, I think this was uh, honestly the first episode that I ever cried at when I watched it. Um, and I, and I tend to do that in finales. And also this is such an emotional time right now that I'm crying at commercials. So that, that's part <laughs> of it too. Um, but, but I just, well, I think I'm going to agree with pretty much everything everyone else has said. There's really not much I can add. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think it's a, it's a perfect finale. Like everyone has said, um, I love that we got to see the Shits Creek town sign be be replaced with the Rose family. I thought that was so perfect and Johnny not even mentioning it, just kind of looking at it and seeing it and seeing his smile and his warmth, the warmth in his face. Um, And I love what happened with everybody and I love that at least one of them stayed behind and I love that it was David. Um, I think it would have been kind of selfish in a lot of ways if he had gone to New York with Patrick because Patrick clearly did not want to do that So, but Patrick would have because I think Patrick would do anything for David. So I'm glad that it didn't go that way, Um, and I'm glad that David realized that that's where he wanted to be and that's where he should be. Um, So yeah, I agree. I think it was as close to perfect as you can possibly get.
3: Lost everybody. Um,
1: And watching the whole documentary afterwards was really beautiful as well, and and watching what a great cast they were and how what how what an impact this show had on people and their lives. And I think that's, you know, not just even in a fandom way, even though you saw that when you see their touring shows, but just in the f- impact that it had on people being more open about their sexuality and people feeling more okay with that. And I just think that's such a special, special, special thing that shows very rarely can accomplish. And so I just think that that's great. I think it's a very... Very unique show and very special, and I'm very glad that I gave it a watch. Okay. So I think that's a good place to kind of wrap up. I mean, there are things we didn't really touch on. We kind of touched on Ted and Alexis a little bit, but, you know, we didn't get to touch on our favorite episodes except for mentioning a few. So, um, you know, like with everything, we can talk about everything for like four or five hours. um, It seems to be, but we're going to go ahead and close out and just have everybody say where they can can be found. And if they have anything they, they want to plug, start with you, Carla.
0: I am Karla I'm not Karla Temis Rose. I only said that because of the show, because I'm in love with them. But it's just Karla Temis. And it can be found online at my website, KarlaTemis.com. And also on Twitter and uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, what I want to plug right now is that I am doing, I'm participating in a quarantine photo challenge started by Mel Rothman. Um, her Twitter at is um, uh, old Pow photo. And it's so much fun. I've been having a blast with it and you can find all of my photography right
1: now on, um, on Twitter. Awesome. And we'll, of course, we're going to link again to your website like we do on all the, the show notes. So great. And then um, Judy. Uh,
2: yeah. So my main uh, fandom sort of presence is on Tumblr at angels watching over. Um, but that is not really Schitt's
1: Creek related.
2: It's like 90% supernatural. So if that's not your thing, then I wouldn't bother.
1: <laughs> just, um, and then Meg. Uh, yeah. So you, you can, can hear I, me? Yeah.
3: Can you I'm guys thinking. hear me? That's the question. Yeah. Um, you can find me on all of the things at Wisconsin act, which oh, is oh. W I S C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H and blame Carla, like I have said every time, <laughs> for that username. Um, but that's what I have now and that's what all of my stuff is. And I tweet about a lot of weird fandom things and politics. So if that's not your thing, too bad, follow me anyway. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> too
1: bad, follow me anyway. <laughs> 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 okay okay and this is erin you can follow me on twitter at e april beauty the e and the a and the b are capitalized be sure to like the show on facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod follow us on twitter at fandom thing pod no it's in that one on instagram at it's a fandom thing pod Um, And if you have any show notes, feedback, if you want to be a potential guest on the show, feel free to email us or reach out to us uh, via Facebook. Um, But our email is it's a fandom thing pod, all one word at gmail.com. And next week, our main show, um, we are going to have an interview as well. But our main show is going to be covering the Mindy Project. And Meg will be returning for that one as well. Um, And that should be very interesting since uh, that's how some of us met. Um, And also that'll be one of those examples of when a show was really great and then it kind of went off the rails. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing.
3: So is the podcast episode going to go off the rails.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?